Hello, welcome everybody. It is the 28th of February 2023. Welcome to our special focus recovery from relapse meeting and I am delighted to introduce Holly G as our speaker today. Uh, she's from Buffalo. She first came into OA in 1996 and now resides in Reseda at just outside of Los Angeles. Holly, we'd love to hear your story. Take it away. Hi everyone, Holly, compulsive overeater, 100 pounder, and um, really happy to be here this morning. Um, it's uh, 6 a.m. here in Los Angeles, and I'm just outside of Los Angeles, um, San Fernando Valley. And uh, thank you to Rita for wrangling me in this morning to share. Um, just, um, I got the, the honor to spend some time with her on her visit to Los Angeles this last couple of weeks. And uh, it was just a gift. And I'm just really happy to be here. I've, I've shared here a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm happy to be back. Um, I'm going to tell a story about what it was like, um, how I got in the first time to um, Overeaters Anonymous, <clears throat> 95, 96, somewhere in that vicinity. I was here for a couple of years. And then I I unfortunately left and came back in August of 2002. Um, my first day of abstinence is September 28, 2002. And I am, I was 280 pounds at that point or somewhere around there, you know, I'll, I'll tell that in my story. And I sit here today at um, somewhere under 140, so about half the size of what I was, what I lived until I was 46. I'm old, so I, I had a long history of overeating, and um, and you know, and I, I'm very blessed today to be walking around at a healthy body weight. And I, I'll tell you how I got there, with a lot of help, and um, how I can stay. So, um, that's just a little bit of background. So, 20 plus years of abstinence. Um, just a little bit about what it was like. Uh, it, it's important. And yet it, the most important thing is what I do today to stay. And so what it was like was I grew up, um, I grew up back East near Buffalo, not in Buffalo, a small town in between Buffalo and Rochester. And that's where I, and I see somebody that says WNY, I know what that means. <laughs> that's where I'm from. I'm hoping it's the same place. Anyway, um, uh, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a kind of, a, it was an odd way. And I'll tell you what that did is that it, it made me feel, or I felt absolutely different than everybody. It started out, I was at, at, in a, in a, when I want to say is a normal family, a nor, what is normal, I'm not sure, but mother, father, older sister, and me, that's how it started. And, but you know, yet again, I was always large. I was always large. Even, you know, I remember my first, I remember the first um, instance of overeating was when I was four. I remember this very distinctly. And so um, I kind of grew up like that. I was always the biggest kid in class. There wasn't a lot of big kids in my class. Okay. I, and so I really stuck out and, and my whole family was the same. So at home, I was perfectly normal, but in the, out in the world, I wasn't. Um, and so I grew up and, and I know that I can, I'll tell you a story about God today and what my God has done and helped me through my life to get me sitting here today talking to you. 
that's what the story's really about. But you know, back then I just I, I grew up in this in this family that my mother was mentally ill and that didn't show itself till I was about five. And then she had a breakdown and things started to look very different than a normal childhood. She had a breakdown and then um, uh, then got better and everything was again back to the family. And then when I was in junior high, she broke down again and I was left staying with her. I had to stay there. You know, it was a different time um, than it is today. But I was there staying with her and um, I finally was pulled out by a higher power that I cannot describe when I was 18. I was pulled out of there and I started a whole different path. I was in, I went to college and I then lived with my dad and I, but I stayed in that small town until I was uh, 30 years old. Okay. And eating the whole time. <laughs> I, my, I didn't actually follow my profession from college. I was, um, although I'm so grateful I got out of there, I got to college and I, um, but I wasn't following that profession. I went back home and, and, and I was a grill cook for my father and he owned a diner in town. So that's what I did for about 12 years after college. It was, uh, um, I was so shut down. There was nobody in town like, so I, I'm, I'm gay and I'm, and I identify as, um, as queer non-binary. So if you can picture, I want you to picture this in the small town outside of Buffalo and years and years and years ago, and there was me and no one else that looked like me around. I didn't see anybody that I could play with. You know what I mean? Like I could, I, I, I had friends, but they were, they were very different than me and I never felt a part of, and I didn't feel a part of my family either. You know, all, everything was okay, but it was a very, very small life. I lived this small life until I came to California. I got, you know, God put a certain circumstance in my mind, in, in my life, and I got to pack up everything in the car and drive out. My older sister with, was with me, and then she flew back, but she drove out with me, and I drove out to California and started a new life. Um, and it was the same life. Of course, I brought myself here. So I started a new profession, and I, I, this is, but this is what got me into program the first time. Um, so I came out and just, I wasn't sure what I was going to find out here, but I knew I couldn't be there anymore, if that makes any sense to anybody. I was dying. I was dying there. My life was the size of a, the end of a pin, right? So I came, I, I was here and I got into a circumstance that I, I, somebody started paying attention to me. It was a drug addict that was um, associated with my work. And I, <laughs> it was the first person that had paid attention to me. And I was over, I was probably by this time, I was 34, 35. I'd settled into living in Southern California and I started this new job and I'm learning a new profession and absolutely terrified of people. Okay, this is the this is the thing that carried forward. I'm terrified of people and really having a hard time talking. So somebody paying attention to me, I just went for it, right? So I I 
immediately in this relationship, if you want to call it that, it wasn't even, it was more of an obsession. And I got into, um, I talked to a friend of mine that I knew was an Al-Anon and I, I started there. I said, I feel, I don't even know how I feel. So she brought me into a meeting. I started to go, the, the, the importance of this is not that, is that in this meeting I went to, it was a gay meeting in Los Angeles. I was in, I walked into a group of the, the best, nicest, most welcoming and friendly people I've ever seen in my life. And they let me hang with them. Now, at, at this point, this is when I started to talk. This is like 35 or 36. I started to actually talk and feel a part of and sit down in my seat. It wasn't comfortable, but they just let me hang with them and then nobody bothered me. You know, they just like, like, come here, come there. And I got to start recovering in that program. And here's the important part. Of course, there were people in this group that I was hanging with that were in Overeaters Anonymous because I had really not heard of that. I was just learning about alcoholism is what I was doing. And so in reading the big book, I recognized myself in this, in the big book and um, learning about that and what addiction meant. So I got, I want, you know, I was open. I came right into Overeaters Anonymous. I talked to my friends there. It's like, it's like, can I come with you? And they said, of course. So I'm walking around there and I'm just feeling a little bit more open and comfortable. I come into Overeaters Anonymous and I, I wasn't really ready. I didn't know that right then, but I, I, I came in and I, I, the abstinence I picked at that time was, was three meals a day and no sugar. I had stopped eating sugar a little bit before that because it was making me really sick. So um, I'd stopped on my own, but I of course replaced that with a lot of other things, okay? But um, so three meals a day and I thought, I, I, that's what I need to do. That's what I heard you say. And that's what I need to do because here's what it would look like at that time. So I was at this job and I was uh, pretty mobile. I was driving around to different locations. And this how I ate was I had to stop in between these different stops that I had to make in and around Los Angeles. I had to literally stop from place to place to eat. I'll eat 20 more minutes. Thank you. To get to the next job, to actually to get to the next job and to talk to that next person. It was so painful to do this job and yet I, I i power through i'm going to power through on this job talking you know and sometimes it was adversarial and that made me even more scared so that's how i got through the day was just like you know i'd go to one place i'd have to stop and get something to eat go to the next place until i got back to my office and then of course add into that overworking i didn't have any boundary around time so I just was, I, I would work and work and work. And um, so what happened was I, like I said, I came in and I went to meetings and I got a, I didn't really get a sponsor that I kept for any length of time. I can't even, I can't even remember more than a week, maybe. I just, I, I couldn't fathom calling somebody but yet I would sit in meetings and I was abstinent, three meals a day, no sugar. And I did some service and I got to know a few people. That's really what it was like. 
what happened was I got into a, a relationship with an available person I, that I met in program, and it was a, it was a good relationship, and and we moved in together. And what happened was because I didn't have any basis, I wasn't working the steps, I wasn't anchored to the program, um, I wasn't working with a sponsor. And I, what that allowed me to do is walk right back out of program. And I did it. It wasn't a conscious, it wasn't conscious. I did it uh, gradually just by reducing my meetings. And pretty soon I'm a little too busy and I want to go home instead of to a meeting. Of course, everything was in person then. It was years ago. And I, I walked right back out of program. And I was in for about two and a half years and I walked out. In the meantime, my partner and I um, started a catering company out of the house. So <laughs> if you can, I'm going to show you a picture. I still laugh at this picture. This was me and it's in our kitchen and there's two, two refrigerators in the kitchen. And I just, every time I see that, I laugh because, you know, isn't that the, the greatest thing for a compulsive reader to have two refrigerators in this kitchen? But here's a picture of what it was like. Let me hold it up here. There you go. See that? That's me. Um, and so, you know, eight years had to go by of this life. And I was, I, were, were, I was working full time. I was doing this catering company. I, I never stopped. My, my feet really never hit the floor. And I was 280 pounds trying to navigate around this kitchen and then go to work. I, I was not very integritous. I made that word up. I was not very integritous at work with my time. I would go to the grocery store. I would eat. I would stop here. I would stop there. Um, but I had a I had started a new job at that time um, with a family business. It was much more comfortable than where I was working. Um, so I started this new job. I was pretty much by myself doing this job, and I had I had gotten so uncomfortable with how my life was. Um, the other thing that happened is we stopped doing that catering company out of the house because we had caught up with what we needed to do and we we're both exhausted to be perfectly honest. So that period of, of maybe stop running so hard um, brought all those feelings up, which I didn't even know what a feeling was by that time. I felt perfectly flatline dead inside. That's how I felt. And in that summer before I came back, I, I knew that I had to, like, God kept putting it in my mind. You Can you go back to Overeaters Anonymous? Go back. Just go back. You, you're dying here. Like, I had no friends left. I was to the, I'd get up early. I'd watch TV, eat, go to work, eat through the day, go home, watch TV and go to bed. That's what my life was like. And it would, that's a, for me, that's a sad life. Um, so August of 2002, I was, I was so absolutely uncomfortable. I really just wanted to be, I didn't want anybody to look at me. I wanted to be nothing but invisible and powering through like just this existence wasn't for me. So I came back to program in August of 2002 and I actually walked into my, one of my home meetings 
And I sat down all the way in the chair and started to listen. And I, and I felt at home. I got welcomed so warmly in that first meeting and I just started coming. Um, and I got a sponsor in about a month. It took me about a month and I was so impressed by, by how people were in the meetings. And number one being, there was people I recognized from before that were in eight years before. There some, some of the same people were there, which was great. But I picked a sponsor that was a hundred pounder. She started me right in on, work, on writing the steps. Now I didn't know what that meant or what I was doing, but I was reading out of the big book and out of AA literature. And I was writing as she asked me to do. I was going to the meeting she asked me to go to. Um, three meals a day, no sugars, my, still my same abstinence. And I didn't, you know, I kept that pattern. I can't, can't call it abstinence if I'm not in program, okay? But I kept that pattern for a lot of that time I was out because that actually did work for me. Um, I'd stopped that, eat, that constant eating. Um, but three meals a day, no sugar. The minute I walked back into program, that got reorganized in my mind. And I was able to do that again with God's help. But she, um, she helped me with a food plan because I asked for help. I was even able to do that. Um, about a month in, my, or my head started, to clear, about a month working with her, I shouldn't say. So we're about two months in. My head started to clear a bit. And um, she helped me with a food plan and I'm writing. I was really, really lucky that I walked into a group of people that she, of course, my sponsor introduced me to. She pulled me right into service. Um, a group of people that was very active and very much in the same age that I am in the steps. Like they were all we bunch of newcomers. We got together. We worked the steps together. We did a lot. We did fellowship together. We'd sit after go after a meeting, go eat an abstinent meal drink tons of diet coke in the beginning i'll never forget that we we would leave that restaurant we would be flying but you know what we were abstinent so that's how it started that's how it i started back you know 20 plus years ago um i'll tell you about my life today in of course you know i i've had different sponsors and um i've had my life is there's a lot of elements in it that are the same and there's so much that's different you know i i've been working the steps with a sponsor and i've done them so many times over and over what i know today is this relationship with my higher power that has developed it was always there because you know what how did i get plucked out of that house with my mom how did i get plucked out of that small town back east that i was dying in how did that happen I had no courage, remember, I was just eating. I was a scared person and I got plucked out of there and I got in the car and drove to Southern California because I needed a different place. And I got plucked out of, you know, I was able to quit jobs that were killing me and go to the next one. So I've been working with this family business for about 24, I think it's 24 years in May, maybe 25. And that's, that that's had its own challenges and i've i've had to work extremely hard the past five years work over and over in this anxiety about um 
how this job is going. Of course, in this job, I overworked as well. I was working six days a week for I don't know how many years. And through the pandemic, it got worse because I, I was able to go into my office. Um, we weren't even set up for online working, but I was able to go into my office because nobody else was there and I worked by myself. So I was able to, you know, scurry up the back stairs and shut my door and work and, you know, I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing, but I, it got me out of the house because I live by myself. So the gift of that was I was able to go out of the house and, and work, but, and, and the, the, here's where the character defect came out is that I worked too much, of course, you know, I was working. How much? Thank you. Is that, so I got 10 left. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so I was able to do that and, and. I, I don't know. Thank God for Zoom is all I can say, and go to my meetings and and so in in that um, here's how everything has changed now. So that I again got so uncomfortable. Um, I turned sixty five, and I worked and worked and worked around this work issue with the personalities and with um the time i was working and i was able to cut down a lot of a lot of help from people and my sponsor i was able to cut down to half time um a year a little over a year ago and actually actually i quit my job and i got rehired at half time that's pretty much what happened because i quit my job and i offered to clean up all the work that wasn't that didn't get done because there was so there was so much there was too much work for one person and there was too much work at six days a week there was too much work at five days a week um i was able to go back at three days a week and the last year has been about adjusting to that okay adjusting um to the actually letting people help me handing work over um, asking for help, all of these things that I was never able to do very well. And I had to let go of my ego. I had to, um, keep my boundaries. All of this, all of these things have happened. It's really, really uncomfortable, but it's, it has given me, a, a so much of a better life. Um, that's what I've been doing the last year. I also have, um expanded my you know i got a hobby i have a hobby <laughs> my sponsors have always said you know get a hobby and i have a hobby that i've turned into more than that it's all it's now a side hustle which i absolutely love and this working three days a week has allowed me to be able to do that so much more and the, you know it, i can tell you today that my life is so much different um so in this last couple of minutes, what happens today? You know, these, these traits, these care, you know, in working the steps where we identify our character defects, um, I'd like to call them traits rather than defects because they kept me, they actually helped me so much that fear of people kept me safe in the beginning. I was completely neglected. So, in living a small life, I was also, nothing really bad happened. I know I was protected and safe. Um, and I've worked through this again. These things keep coming up. Did you know that? <laughs> All this stuff keeps coming up. 
in working the steps and being abstinent. And I'm able to, I'm able to work through that because number one, I open my mouth and tell the truth. That was one of the first rules that I learned. Open your mouth and tell the truth. Tell somebody, share, share at meetings, share with your sponsor, because that starts the process of getting better. Okay. So I've stayed abstinent through so many things that have happened in my life. I had a, a breakup of my relationship and selling the house and moving and doing that with very, very little amends to make. There was, you know, I, I wouldn't, I have to say that this, that how that happened was not great, but how it happened probably saved me and I was able to move forward in my life. Um, and I also, I have a, I have the solutions now today for how my life is. I was, you know, I used to eat all the time because I was so, I was afraid. I had fear of uh, abandonment. I had fear of people. Um, and on the flip side, I have an enormous ego. I know that's no surprise to anybody. That keeps coming up as well. I kept myself safe by trying to do more than you asked for, okay? And, and be, always be right. I wanted to be right. I wanted to know how to do everything without being taught. So it, today, how, what that looks like <laughs> is, you know, I had some a couple of things come up this week that I'm just shaking my head. I shared about it. It, who knows how this stuff comes up? But I, I led a meeting on Saturday night at called Light a Candle, and it's a, it's also a long share, and it was. There wasn't, I, I had a longer than usual because there weren't many. It was very stormy outside and there was not many people there. So there wasn't a lot of birthdays and chips. So that makes, made my share longer. Oh my God. I thought I'm not going to get through this, but it, it allowed. So the story comes up, right? That just happened this past week around, you know, a Costco card. And it was a perfect example of I still ha I still get into self-pity. Something happens and I click because that's it's so deeply ingrained in me. Self-pity. Um, I'm a victim. This is these are strong things for me. Self-pity. I'm a victim. Why are you doing this to me? And and what the, my solution today, though, is to stop, pause, talk to somebody about this, laugh about it. Nothing's wrong. These are such small things, but they come up like a freight train. And that's what I used to eat over. So today I don't pick up, I'm abstinent. I don't pick up food. I have a, I have a food plan today that keeps me at a healthy body weight. It's completely portable. Uh, what I do each day is I commit my food the night before to my sponsor. It's all, it's great. It, this is what keeps me peaceful. My head is peaceful and I'm sober around my food today. I don't play with anything. I don't pick up anything. If I was to pick up when I get uncomfortable, what happens is if you read the doctor's opinion, it would flip that switch. You know, the switch is quiet today because I don't pick up my alcoholic foods. If I pick up something, if I play with the food, if I get uncomfortable and make a decision myself, that this, oh, this will be good. It's okay if I eat this. It flips that switch again and I'm off, right? And I'm 
terrified of that. I'm not going to do that because if I do that, my whole life is done. I, I don't have any of the gifts I have today. They will go away. All right. They're here because I'm gifted here because I've been abstinent. I'm working the steps this whole time. I call a sponsor once a week with my writing. Right now I'm working on um, the, the, I think it's the newest OA book, the Body Image uh, Relationships and Sexuality book. I forget that it has relationships in there. <laughs> I, I'm thinking body image and sexuality. Um, and I'm working through that book with my sponsor. I've worked through I, all the literature, AA and OA literature, and, I, and I'm really grateful for all the literature. I love the OA 12 and 12. And uh, thank you. Awesome. And so in the last two minutes, I will tell you what I do today. Okay. Cause that's probably the most important is to keep it current. Um, uh, I get up really early. See this at 6 a.m. at 6 a.m. The meeting started at 6 a.m. here and I, that's my time. So I, as you see <laughs> a little confused, but um, I get up really early. So I get my program work done early in the morning. That's the only time I, I can't manipulate that. It doesn't work. So that work is done in the morning. I start my sponsee calls at 6 a.m. So they're all here, by the way, with their cameras off. No, some of them have their cameras on. Thank you. Um, we have a little rule that we have when we're on a meeting, we have our cameras on, a shirt on, okay, not laying down, a shirt on, and participate, okay? So, but I, that's okay today, guys. Um, cause it's early here, but, uh, I start my sponsee calls at six. Um, and then I have, uh, like I say, I call my sponsor once a week and it not, and I go to four meetings, uh, minimum a week. Sometimes I pop into other ones. And I also, I'm also working the Al-Anon program as well. It's a little bit of a secondary, but it's not secondary as you know, but I work that as well. I have a home meeting for that too. Um, and at night, I do a nightly 10 step. It's kind of extensive because I've added my own personal stuff to it that I wanted. I put the OA tools are in there. I have a gratitude list. Um, and I tell my sponsor everything that happened during the day. I use a plan of action. I use the tools, of course, but the plan of action for me today is extremely important. I use it for work, but I also use it for my home stuff. And I send my sponsor this, uh, my 10 step and my food for the next day. If anything changes in my food, she gets a text. Okay. So I still do that. This, that's what works for me. I have a sober food plan and I sponsor and, um, we do calls, we do steps, we do, what else can I say? And I do service as well. That's, but basically today I have a service at my meeting at my meetings, but uh, a couple of my meetings, but I'll tell you that my service today is um, sponsoring. I've had that extra time with these days off that I can take extra calls. So I've gotten more sponsors, my, more sponsees, and that's been a real gift to me. It's always been a gift. Sponsoring has started early on and it's always been a gift to me. I'm so grateful. Um, so what did I want to tell you to, to finish up? My life today, I'm so grateful for Overeaters Anonymous. My life today is it is a beautiful life. I have um, 
I have a solution for that stuff that comes up and I can actually see the joy and the peace in my day every single day. I have wonderful, wonderful, close friends that I talk to daily that, and I feel so much love. I feel surrounded by love and I'm grateful for my higher power. I'm grateful for my sponsor and I'm grateful for the program. And, um, I'm just going to keep showing up because I don't want to let go of this beautiful life. Thanks for letting me share.